Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing. We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body. So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to Thrive Nine Healing Podcast. This is episode 76, and this week we're going to talk about minerals. Excellent. So I um, wanted to talk about minerals because, um, for a couple of different reasons, but to put it on people's radar, right? Because um, I often talk about uh, different nutrient deficiencies, um, which can be vitamins and minerals. And um, as we've been going through uh, some of the neurotransmitter testing, right, some of the hormone testing, um, it's a little bit, it's becoming more obvious of um, how we're deficient in minerals. Um, And sometimes when we think of minerals, uh, a lot of times we kind of take those things for granted, right? Um, So you think of like a muscle contraction requires uh, magnesium and calcium, right? But it also requires potassium and manganese. Um, we, our body can't make minerals. Okay. It's one of those things that's essential to all of our cellular health. Um, all of our biochemical pathways, uh, require some minerals as cofactors, but we can't make those ourselves, right? We have to get those externally, um, from food or through supplementation, mm-hmm. right? Minerals come from rocks, soil, and water. (laughs) And so um, that's where we find our minerals. Well, uh, we don't process, we don't eat dirt and rocks um, that often, or our body can't break down those things that easily. So we rely on plants to take the minerals out of the soil, right? Um, uh, Make them more bioavailable. And then as we eat those plants, or if we take uh, mineral supplements from plant sources, or if animals eat those plants, right? Um, well, that's where we're getting our minerals from. And um, we think of, you know, like our minerals are essential for our teeth and our bones, right? Everybody's heard of calcium. We, you know, not every, um, a lot of people take calcium for that, um, but we also need minerals to balance out our blood sugars, right? Um, things like vanadium and chromium are minerals that maybe people haven't heard a lot of, but they're essential to balancing out our blood sugar, our blood pressure. Uh, we need uh, the sodium, potassium, magnesium um, for metabolizing toxins, producing hormones, right? We need things like molybdenum um, and chromium to be present in inadequate amounts mm-hmm. in order for those processes to occur. And so um, even, I mean, as we've been talking about neurotransmitters, right? Copper and iron have to be present um, in order for our body to make those neurotransmitters, make that serotonin, that melatonin, that dopamine, that epinephrine. If we're deficient in copper or we're deficient in iron, um, we're gonna have problems Mm -hmm. um, uh, converting to the active um, neurotransmitters. Um, we've heard a lot about zinc lately because zinc, you know, is essential for our immune system. It can be also important for our hormone health and, um, in men and in women. And so, um, 
we've often, yeah, uh, hear about these, these minerals, but don't take the time to understand, right, um, what their role is in our health and how can we make sure we're getting adequate amounts of minerals, right? Um, so the, um, I just had a thought and lost it. So our minerals, um, oftentimes like people will do a multivitamin, right? Yeah. And I tell folks, great, get a good multivitamin. Um, the better the multivitamin, the it will have minerals in it. So you should okay. see, um, things like some of them can be iron free. Um, cause we're not, we don't always need a lot of iron unless you're a woman who um, is cycling and, and, um, is bleeding regularly, mm -hmm. but, um, you want to make sure that that multivitamin with minerals has things like selenium in it, right? Selenium is essential for our thyroid. Um, uh, the manganese, the magnesium, right? Even chromium. Um, not all multiminerals will have a molybdenum, but some of them might. Um, so you want to make sure it has like some of a mineral profile, right? Um, so that you know that you're not just getting multivitamins, um, all by themselves. Yeah. We need those minerals because they're those cofactors in order for those reactions to occur. Yeah. Okay. Um, because the farming practices have changed in the last 40, yeah, 30, 40, 50 years, um, the soil in conventional agriculture, um, does not carry a lot of minerals in it anymore. Right. Yeah. So carrots, so, you know, when they compare mineral content, um, a carrot isn't always a carrot, right? Or broccoli is not always broccoli in, for, in terms of mineral contents, right? Or nutrient contents. Yeah. So if you've got carrots that are organically grown, right, in your backyard or um, from a small co-op or a farm, versus commercial carrots that you find at the grocery store, if you compare the mineral content, it's probably gonna be very different. Okay. Um, so trying to find produce that is locally grown, right? Or uh, locally harvested. Um, the longer that the produce, uh, from when the produce was picked to when you actually eat it, that length of time, the longer um, that length of time is, the less minerals will be in that food. It kind of decreases its mineral content or nutrient content altogether, even the B vitamins, the C vitamins that are in that carrot, um, if you will, if it was harvested, right, a month ago, and then you're eating it now, you're not going to have near as many minerals or nutrients available than if you, you know, had picked it this morning or yesterday or, yeah, um, this week even. And then the way you cook it also further reduces the nutrients and minerals that you're going to get from it. Yes. Yeah. So you will always get more minerals, um, usually if it's raw, right? Um, not everybody can digest raw foods. Um, that's all totally depends on the gut health. But um, if you're the crispier it is, right, or the less cooked it is, um, you're maintaining some of those more, more of those minerals and nutrients. So um, things that are sauteed, right, or things that are um, uh, lightly roasted, those types of things. When you steam vegetables or if you just put them in a pot with a lot of water mm -hmm. um and if you cook them to the point where those vegetables are mushy 
uh, you've, you've um, already drained all the minerals and the nutrients out of those vegetables. Now those nutrients are in the water. So don't throw out the water, but um, yeah, it's a matter of if you're whatever preparation you are, the crispier those vegetables are, um, the more nutrients uh, concentration will be available to you. Yes. Um, so the other thing is, yeah, um, if people have a tendency to boil vegetables or steam them with a lot of water and, and cook them to mush. Yeah. Um, you and I really think that most people just microwave them. Yeah. So um, a lot of people do microwave them because people want I mean, to I'm kind of guilty still. Yeah. Um, so and there's uh, there's uh, conflicting studies um, on how microwaving affects our foods, right? Because those microwaves um, uh, stimulate the water molecules in the food um, and other water molecules. So if you're steaming vegetables in the microwave or if you're boiling vegetables in the microwave, the same thing, you're decreasing that nutrient profile significantly than if you were just, um, I don't know if you saute things in the microwave, but if you cook them to a lesser time. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, so that they're still a little bit crispy. Uh, so if you cook that broccoli in the microwave, yeah, don't cook it to mush. Um, cause you're doing the same thing. You're zapping all those nutrients. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another way to bring out, um, or make those minerals and nutrients a little bit more bioavailable, um, in vegetables is, is adding vinegar. When you add apple cider vinegar, um, it helps to make those minerals and nutrients a little bit more bioavailable. So if you're doing a salad, consider like a balsamic vinegar dressing, right? Um, or a splash of vinegar um, in your stir fry to help to um, make those minerals a little bit more bioavailable so it's easier for you to digest. And specifically just apple cider vinegar, not regular white vinegar? Um, if it's uh, not commercially commercially distilled white vinegar, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't use a lot of white vinegar, but somebody was telling me about an organic white vinegar. Um, so if it's not commercially distilled, um, so that's why usually apple cider vinegar, rice vinegar, coconut vinegar um, are usually not commercially distilled and so they will be better. But if you can find an organic white vinegar that's not distilled, then um, you could use that as well. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Vinegar. Oh, the other thing is also, so we can also get minerals um, because animals, right, eat those plants and get their minerals. So if you're um, eating uh, fish or chicken or beef um, and you make bone broths, right? Um, usually bone broths are very rich in minerals. Um, again, to pull those minerals out of those bones um, that have been, where they've been stored in those animals, uh, splash of vinegar uh, helps to bring those minerals out so that they're more bioavailable to you. Yeah. So um, sometimes people prefer to get their minerals in bone broths than in, um, in vegetables. Mm -hmm. There are some Let's see. There are some herbs that are very high in like a nutrient profile or very high in minerals. Um, one of those is alfalfa. Uh, alfalfa? 
Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say it. I say it alfalfa. Alfalfa um, is very high in minerals. And um, part of the reason why you see a lot of um, farmers grow alfalfa, right, and feed it to their livestock um, is because it's very high in minerals as well. So uh, if we have a clean form of alfalfa, um, usually an organic form or something that hasn't been sprayed with pesticides, uh, you can also make that as a tea um, to get those minerals in, right? So if eating, you know, more vegetables doesn't fit within your diet and you don't want to do another supplement um, and you're, you prefer teas, uh, doing alfalfa tea can be really beneficial. Now, the trick with uh, pulling out those minerals and making them more um, bioavailable is the length of time that you steep that tea. Okay. So if you're steeping the alfalfa for like 12 hours or 24 hours in the fridge, um, you're getting, you're, yeah, getting more of those mineral and the nutrient content from that tea than if you were to steep it. Yeah. Just get like an alfalfa tea and uh, yeah. Steep it for five to 15 minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, sometimes people will start adding an alfalfa tea for like a detox regimen um, or yes, even some people use it to balance out hormones. Um, but if you're doing it for the mineral content, the longer that you steep it, the better. Yeah. So um, and then if you wanted to add a splash of vinegar to that, you can as well. Yeah. Hardcore if you do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other thing, so um, those are kind of like the main, you know, sources that we get our minerals. Um, I do have some folks who'll say, oh, well, what if my, I have a lot of minerals in my water, right? Um, and so I want to bring this up real quick because um, if people have well water, right, or water that comes from the ground, oftentimes they will be rich in minerals. Um, I have folks consider testing that water. Um, so you have an idea of what minerals are in it because you can't have an excess of minerals as well. Just yeah. like you can have a deficiency, you can have an excess. So if somebody's um, water is uh, very high, like um, we got a, folk, a couple of folks, their water's very high in antimonium. And so it's like, oh, well, they don't have any other exposure, so it's got to be the well water. So, yeah, we tested. Um, people who have city water, um, that's a hard water, like it calcifies um, in your, uh, uh, in the mm, faucet, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and people are like, oh, well, everybody tells you that that's a calcium deposit. So people think, oh, okay, well, I've got hard water. My water already has minerals in it. Cause look, I can see the calcium precipitate out Yeah, or it gets like, um, builds up in, um, like my tea kettle. I can see that. Well, that hard water does have minerals in it, but those are actually mineral salts. Um, so it's those minerals bound to a salt. Okay. okay. Um, so that is not very bioavailable. Um, it's not really bioavailable even for plants. It takes a lot more nutrients and a lot more energy to break that salt off of that mineral. So then you can begin to use it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make sure, yeah, and point that out because I do, I have a lot of people think, oh, I got plenty of minerals. I can see it coming out in my water. It's on my shower. <laughs> I don't need to add minerals. It's like, well, those are mineral salts. So when they're bound to salt in that salt form, they're not quite as um, 
as available. I take a lot more energy to, to uh, separate out and to break down. Gotcha. So um, yeah, uh, let's see. Did I miss anything? <laughs> um, oh, the other thing is, so because the current agricultural practices, right, um, commercial agriculture practices, uh, don't have a tendency to replenish the soil with a variety of minerals, right? Um, they put nitrogen, they put potassium in there, um, they may put ma magnesium because it increases the yield. Um, if you guys like to explore and grow your own food, <laughs> or if you live close to a place that has a co-op or a local farm, consider composting and making your own dirt, okay? okay. Um, if you can make your own dirt, uh, it's going to be so much more um, available in those minerals and nutrients, mm -hmm. right? So um, starting a compost pile in the backyard, um, in a trash barrel, or if you've got a garden next to your garden, um, if you're creating your own soil um, and putting those um, ashes in or putting those um, vegetable peelings in, right, or eggshells in, um, you're adding nutrient value to that soil. So then whoever uses that soil to grow your vegetables, if that's you or a local farmer, um, who I'm sure would appreciate your soil and your compost, yeah. um, will help to increase the mineral, the nutrient content of your vegetables. So then, yeah, you're getting your food as medicine and you don't have to take another supplement. We have uh, two big compost bins that Jeremiah made out of uh, pallets. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and yesterday I saw one of the cats use it as a litter box. I was like, I don't really think that that's helpful. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, so yeah. <laughs> So a lot of folks will, uh, or a lot of um, even commercial farmers may use animal waste as compost, right? So usually not cat waste isn't always top of the, the line, but you know, like cow manure, goat manure, rabbit manure, um, even horse manure. It's um, vegetarians, right? Like you can do waste from vegetarians, but meat eaters, you really can't like cats and dogs, like it's not advised. Yeah, um, it's not advised because they introduce different microbes to the system. That's why. So um, it takes a little bit longer for that compost to, um, uh, what is the word? Um, decompose. Decompose and like, um, yeah, decompose and kill off that bacteria. Um, that's why you don't put meat products, same thing. You don't put, yeah, chicken bones and meat products and stuff um, with the exception of fish. You can, yeah, put like fish bones and uh, scales and skins and stuff um, and fish guts in a, a compost pile or in a, as a fertilizer, right? Helps to add nutrients, but not other, <laughs> not, a, not mammals, you know? yeah. um, animal <laughs> products. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. You may have to uh, uh, find different ways to deter cats from using your yeah compost pile as a litter box. Yeah, she was like, "Look, I'm just helping." Yeah, <laughs> not quite the help we're looking for right, right. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do people get copper then in their diet? Um, so you can actually get copper in beans and like legumes and um, some grains, but it's more like the beans, yeah, legume families, um, you can get 
copper because copper's in our soil, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's usually the higher concentrations. Is that why people wear those copper bracelets is to like get the bracelet to, I guess, put off some of the copper into the system? Uh, yes. Yep. So you have like uh, copper infused uh, clothing, right? Copper infused knee braces, ankle braces. They have arthritis gloves that are copper infused, um, copper bracelets. Um, they used to use copper pennies. They used to tell p- folks who had arthritis back in the day to put a copper penny in your shoe and walk all day with it. So then, yeah, um, you're getting some copper um uh, cutaneously through the skin yeah. and you, that you can absorb minerals through the skin. Um, it's not as easily for your body to absorb those minerals than if you were to ingest them, gotcha. but, um, yeah, that's another way. So, um, copper also, um, people will, uh, wear, um, I said, you have to, you have to be careful with some jewelry because there are some, um minerals that we don't want a lot of right like there are some heavy metals that we can get too much of um and lead is one of those that can be found in a lot of jewelry Mm -hmm. and so if people are wearing a lot of jewelry that's made from lead um again our our, we absorb it (laughs) and so um yeah way that people are kind of exposing themselves to um some of those heavy metals uh and minerals that we don't need a lot of yeah in our body so Mm -hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. Great question. Cool. Um, I think that's everything I wanted to cover today. Awesome. I missed anything. (laughs) All right. I don't, I cannot contribute to this conversation. So that's all right. Well, I just, I wanted to bring it up because you know, what we're, we're, we're like when we're seeing, um, uh, with labs and we're looking at, you know, the root causes of why things may not be functioning um, optimally. And I often talk about deficiencies. Uh, minerals is one of those that often doesn't get a lot of, un- uh, um, it's like a little bit misunderstood, yeah. right? Um, a lot of vitamins, our body can produce some vitamins. Uh, we, there's a lot of them we can't, but um, minerals, we can't produce that. We have to get that from our soil, which usually, yeah, the most bioavailable forms is from plants. So And so she's talking about like, we have a 12 week program, New Beginnings, and our participants do life coaching each week, but they also have a neurotransmitter hormone adrenal panel they take. And then together we go over the results and that's the panel that she's referring to. It's within our program. And we're seeing more and more of this, like, oh, some of this is contributing due to mineral deficiencies, because I know on the neurotransmitter panel, like one section of it, I think it's what it's the, the dopamine conversion side, like copper is one of them. And I think you recommend that they do a cocktail. Do you want to share the cocktail? Like, Sure. For adrenals. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's got minerals in it, right. That you're wanting them to take. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, uh, they, as an adrenal cocktail and they call it a cocktail, not because it has alcohol in it, but because you're only taking two ounces at a time. Yeah. Um, the main ingredient is orange juice. Cause you're trying to get high concentrations of vitamin C in. Okay. Um, and those high concentrations of vitamin C, um, is one of the main ingredients that our adrenals need to produce that cortisol, that stress hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add, so usually I start with, um, eight ounces of orange juice and you add uh, a quarter 
teaspoon of pink Himalayan salt mm -hmm. um, for a couple of different reasons. The pink Himalayan salt has trace minerals in it. So you're getting, um, I think it's about 52 or 72 uh, trace minerals in addition to the sodium, um, the sodium chloride, this is what makes the salt. Um, and then you're adding a quarter teaspoon of cream of tartar, which is what has potassium in it. Um, so we can increase our sodium and potassium uh, to balance out our adrenals. Uh, yeah, to help to support the production of cortisol so that we can address stress better so that we'll have the energy, um, the stamina to, you know, continue throughout our day. And, yeah. Um, that's a good way to, and again, it's, it's in liquid form, but that's a good way to get in, um, some of those minerals or other, yeah. Um, electrolytes to, um, to support the body. Yeah. It's delicious too. I usually drink eight ounces a day, but that, that, that's all right. Usually it's in divided doses. So <laughs> eight ounces is, is a good amount for you. That's perfect. <laughs> Cool. All right, friends, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Do you love reading books? Of course you do. So do we. That's why we started a book club. It's a monthly subscription where you receive a box that has really fun prizes or gifts in it that go along with that month's theme. And we rotate our books. One month we read a book about body, mind and then soul it's so fun to have this community of people that are interested in holistic wellness and we get to talk about all sorts of different topics based on that month and just getting everybody's different perspective so if you're looking for a community of holistic minded people and you love reading this is going to be the best community for you it's so fun our members just talk about how fun it is to receive each month's box with a surprise book and a surprise gift. We meet via Zoom only twice a month to discuss the book. So if you're interested, go to thriveandalignhealing.com forward slash book club to join. And we look forward to seeing you in the months to come. <laughs>